Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza. I'm your host, Grace Hopper. UK National News on Abuse. Independent newspaper. Saturday, 29th April 2023. By Lizzie Dearden, Home Affairs Editor. Punched. Chased and abused in the street. Asylum seekers living in terror. A riot hit hotel. Asylum seekers living at a messy side hotel are being subjected to violence and abuse after the site was thrown into the spotlight by a violent protest earlier this year. People living at the streets hotel in Noisley have been targeted in a wave of attacks in which they were punched chased by mopeds and verbally abused in the street following an anti-migrant riot on 10th of February 2023. Police have recorded 15 crimes against asylum seekers and staff since the disorder broke out, with many residents now too scared to go outside. Two months down the line, a victim called Ali told the Independent, we have no idea what will happen And when we ask the people in the hotel, they give us no information. They have increased the number of security guards at the hotel and they are always guarding the door. We can't even leave to buy groceries. The hotel staff tell us we are safe at the hotel, but whatever happens to us outside the hotel is our responsibility and they cannot provide our safety outside. Another asylum seeker said, We feel a state of despair and panic as a result of the recent events. And the situation is getting worse as we can no longer leave the hotel. In the beginning, it was limited to insults and racist insults until it came to severe beatings. Home office contractors have increased security measures and advised residents not to leave the hotel after dark for their own safety. Following the February protests, we saw a police van set alight and angry crowds throw fireworks and missiles at police. The protest was sparked by unsubstantiated rumours that a man living at the hotel had inappropriately approached a teenage girl and came weeks after far-right group Britain First filmed the suite's hotel as part of a pattern of similar stunts. Ali, a 25-year-old Iranian man, told how he was attacked as he made his way to a hospital appointment on 24th of February. He said he was approached by a man and a woman who blocked his way and started shouting insults. He added the man was holding a water bottle and threw it at me. Afterwards, I didn't go to the hospital and returned to the hotel to report the incident. He had fled Iran last year after being caught writing anti-regime graffiti during a wave of protests. Said he, I did not know I was going to be smuggled to the UK and feared he was going to die crossing the channel on a small boat in the middle of winter. He was not given any information on where he was being taken after he was rescued at sea and brought ashore and was initially kept in a hotel in London before being moved to Nosley. They told us to get on the bus. Even though we asked them where they were taking us, they said they didn't know. Ali said... Then we were transferred to the suite's hotel. He was not aware of any problems before the protest in February and said everything had felt normal until the violence broke out. He heard about the violence on social media and saw the video that sparked the demonstration. 
He says he does not blame the local people, saying, I assume they felt their family were in danger. I'm not saying only we are in the right and have this right to live a normal, safe life. They are also right and their concerns make sense. Maybe our arrival disrupted their lives because we couldn't understand English. We couldn't say anything. He says they are always stressed when they leave the hotel. He has not had an asylum interview and has not been given any information about the progress of his claim, which is amongst almost 140,000 in the home office backlog. On the 27th of February, two men were attacked by up to five men. Volunteers from Care for Calais charity were told that both men suffered injuries and needed medical treatment. It is now arranged taxes for vital appointments. Care for Calais has received other reports of verbal abuse and believes some asylum seekers have not reported incidents to the police because they are too afraid or believe no action will be taken. The Independent was told by Merseyside Police that 15 crimes against residents and staff at the Suits Hotel have been recorded since February the 10th and they are being robustly investigated. Office spokesperson said, The welfare of asylum seekers in our care is of the utmost importance and we work closely with the police and our contractors to make sure appropriate safety measures are in place. Continually review the security at asylum accommodation sites with providers. A spokesperson for contractor Seco said its staff had not imposed a coffee at the Suits Hotel but had issued advice to residents. What are your thoughts about this? Can you leave your comments? Politics Home by Zoe Crowder Conservative Chair of the Women and Equalities Committee Chairperson Caroline Noakes says there are no effective measures to tackle sexual harassment in Parliament. She has renewed her call for clearly defined processes to tackle issues around sexual harassment in Parliament, expressing frustration there are currently no effective measures in place. I think it has to be explicit in Parliament that sexual harassment is career-ending, she told Politics Home. She had proposed that MP candidates would sign a code of conduct before being elected, committing them to losing the whip automatically if they are ever found to have committed an act of sexual harassment or assault. There are no effective measures when members of parliament are accused of sexual harassment or inappropriate behaviour. Recent scandal at the Confederation of British Industry, CBI, following allegations that two employees were raped by colleagues are being investigated, and the dismissal of its former Director General, Tony Dunker, in response to separate allegations about his own behaviour, has thrown fresh light on the importance of robust HR and whistleblowing policies to protect employees. The episode also underscores ongoing calls for Parliament to get its own house in order. I don't think business needs to wait for Parliament, but Parliament certainly needs to do more, Noakes added. In Parliament, an independent complaints and grievance scheme was set up to allow staff to report misconduct, but while the body is able to make recommendations, it remains up to parties whether to suspend the weep if allegations against MPs emerge. A Parliament spokesperson said, bullying, harassment and sexual misconduct have absolutely no place in Parliament and we strive to ensure that we have a workplace where everyone is treated with the respect and dignity they deserve.
Parliament's Behaviour Code, which is supported by the Independent Complaints and Grievance Scheme, makes clear the standards of behaviour expected of everyone in Parliament, whether MPs, staff, members of the House of Lords, press, contractors or visitors. As government opposition parties and major companies pause or suspend their engagement with the CBI, Noakes said the allegations reveal a misogynistic culture at the heart of business. The CBI scandal has demonstrated why action to tackle sexual harassment remains as necessary as it did 20 years ago, she said. We still haven't addressed the underlying misogyny that causes sexual harassment to take place. When the CBI, which has built itself as the most significant business lobby voice to government, allows a sort of culture to perpetuate, then you can see that this is just commonplace. It's not even regarded as unacceptable. Not until the national media spotlight was thrown on them that action suddenly took place. Noakes said, I would like to see the government do more about focusing employment programs to support women and doing much more targeted schemes. I've always said that we shouldn't shy away from quotas and schemes that are specific to women. We will talk endlessly about STEM subjects and how you encourage women into science and tech engineering and yet do next to nothing to encourage it. We know as a society that if women start scaling their businesses at the same rate as men, it would add 250 million to the UK economy. And yet still, I have colleagues who are reluctant to even consider having programs that prioritize investment in the female-led businesses. And the stark reality is that in doing that, you're neglecting women. You only have to look at the CBI. What are your thoughts about this? Can you leave your comments or views? Thank you. Evening Standard, Tuesday, 2nd of May, 2023, by Bernie Davis. Two Met police officers arrested after women beaten and kidnapped and raped. Seven officers and six former colleagues were found guilty of gross misconduct over racist, homophobic and sexist messages they shared in a WhatsApp group. The officers who were both in Met's Northwest Command and off-duty at the time have been suspended from duty following the arrests, Scotland Yard said. Came after a woman reported meeting two men at a nightclub in Kingston on Sunday, April the 30th. It is alleged they took her in a taxi against her will to a house in North London where she was raped. She reported the incident and both unnamed PCs were arrested. She was arrested on suspicion of kidnap rape and common assault. Following consultation with the Crown Prosecution Service, CPS, he was bailed to return on a date in June in relation to the rape. The other charges were dropped. A second PC was arrested on suspicion of kidnap and possession of Class A drugs. A third man, who is not a police officer, was arrested on suspicion of kidnap. Both were released with no further action after consultation with the CPS. The Met Police said, the Directorate of Professional Standards have been informed and a referral has been made to the Independent Office for Police Conduct. What are your views? Leave your comments. Case dropped against player arrested on child sexual abuse charges by Brian Jones, May the 1st, 
2023. The professional soccer player was arrested on multiple child sexual abuse charges. The case has been dropped according to The Athletic. The player from the Premier League was suspended by his club shortly after his arrest in July 2021 and has been on bail since that point. Authorities said the evidence against him does not reach the threshold set out on the code for Crown Prosecutors. We understand that we decide not to authorize charges in any case. It can be extremely difficult for complainants and when we meet with them, we would always attempt to explain our decision including any legal reasoning as fully as possible. A Crown Prosecution Service spokesperson said on Friday, However, where our legal test is not met, we cannot bring a prosecution, no matter how serious the allegations are. We never want to deter victims from coming forward. When a case has been fully investigated by police and where our legal test is met, we will work with them to build as strong a case as possible for a court to consider. When the unnamed player was arrested on July the 16, 2021, detectives were investigating allegations of unlawful sexual activity involving a girl under the age of 16. He was suspended by his club with full pay and moved to a safe house while he waited to hear whether the allegations result in charges. The reason the player is not named is due to the law in the United Kingdom. However, it was revealed the club the player is Everton, who released a statement in July 2021 that said they had suspended one of their players pending a police investigation. It was reported that privately, the club was stunned to learn the news of the arrest. The player is no longer on the Everton roster and has kept a low profile. He was looking to leave the United Kingdom but couldn't because of his arrest. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty and everyone deserves a fair trial, Attorney General Michael Ellis told the Garden. A misjudged tweet on post could have grave repercussions and interfere with a trial. It will mean a trial is delayed or at worst stopped because a fair trial isn't possible. So I would caution everyone, don't get in the way of justice being done. What are your thoughts? Leave a comment. Evening Standard 5th of May 2023 Powerful Nigerian couple jailed in landmark organ harvesting case. Multi-millionaire Senator Ike Nkwere Madu, his wife Beatrice and medical man Dr. Obi Naobeta have been jailed in a landmark case. The Nigerian wealthy politician and his wife was jailed for plotting to traffic a young man to the UK to harvest his organ for their sick daughter in a legal first. Following a landmark modern slavery case, multimillionaire Senator Ike Kweremadu, 60, his wife Beatrice, 56, and medical middleman Dr. Obina Obeta, 51, were found guilty at the Old Bailey in March. Their victim, a poor street trader in Lagos, was brought to the UK to provide a kidney for the Kweremadu's 25-year-old daughter, Sonia. He fled in fear of his life and walked into a police station exactly a year ago to report what had happened after the Royal Free Hospital called a halt on the private £80,000 procedure. Televised sentencing on Friday. Mr. Justice Johnson recognized E.K. Ikweremadu's substantial fall from grace as he jailed him for nine years and eight months. Beatrice Ikweremadu was jailed for four years and six months and no better for ten years. The senior judge said, 
People trafficking across international borders for harvesting of human organs is a form of slavery. It treats human beings and their body parts as commodities to be bought and sold. It's a trade that preys on poverty, misery, and desperation. He told the defendants, you each played a part in that despicable trade. On the question of harm to the victim, if the intended transplant went ahead, he said he would have faced spending the rest of his life with only one kidney and without the requisite funding for the required aftercare. He added the risk had not been properly explained and there had been no consent in any meaningful sense. The victim, who cannot be identified for legal reasons, said he only found out what was planned when he was taken to the North London Hospital for an initial consultation. In a statement read to the court, I would never have agreed to any of this. My body is not for sale. He spoke of his fears for his own safety and that of his family in Nigeria who had been visited and told to drop the case. I cannot think about going home to Nigeria. These people are extremely powerful and I worry for my family. Even though I live here in the UK at the moment, I know I need to be careful too. I have no one here, no friends, no family. I am having to start my life again. I'm worried about my family in Nigeria, but I have been told my dad had been visited and was told to drop the case in the UK. He told police he did not want to claim compensation from the bad people as it will be cursed and bad luck. He said, my plan now is to work and to get an education and to play football. It is the first time anyone has been convicted under the Modern Slavery Act of an Organ Harvesting Conspiracy. Scotland Yard declined to say whether more charges would be brought, but said the investigation was ongoing. Police have highlighted soaring numbers of modern slavery cases in recent years, with a small number involving organ harvesting. Detective Superintendent Andy Furby told the PA News Agency, Human trafficking for the purpose of organ removal is relatively rare in the UK, but what we have seen since the victim's bravery is that this is now not the only investigation of that nature taking place in London. Although organ harvesting forms a very small percentage of modern slavery, human trafficking, we now start to see more people coming forward. The victim of this case, a very brave young man, was exploited due to his vulnerable economic circumstances by people that were powerful, wealthy, that exerted control and dominance over him, bringing him into the UK for purposes of taking his kidney. Their motivation was to get a kidney for their daughter without any thought of the process that was involved, any thought for the victim of the modern slavery offence at all. My message to the public is to be vigilant. Modern slavery is prevalent across all of our communities in London, be it in labour, exploitation, nail bars, car washes, the sex trade industry. If people are lurking in the background, controlling them, exerting some kind of dominance over people, then please just report any suspicion whatsoever. It might be the straw that breaks the camel's back and allow us to move forward with an investigation and prosecution. He says, I'm proud of the team and their achievements, but we always put the victim first. I am proud of the bravery of the victim in coming forward, which will encourage other people to do as well. What are your thoughts about this? Can you leave your comments? Thank you. Mirror News by Abigail O'Leary, 2nd of May, 2023.
Mom's secret five-word whisper to taxi driver that saved her from abusive husband. Rosie Frankish, 26, from Warrington, feared for her life after she was subjected to a six-hour attack when Daniel Little forced his way into her home, then dragged her into a taxi wearing her pyjamas and covered with dog feces and urine. However, quick-thinking Rosie managed to secretly alert the taxi driver and he drove her to safety. Little 34 was jailed for three years and seven months at Liverpool Crown Court last week after admitting assault and occasioning actual bodily harm, ABH, and false imprisonment, reported the Liverpool Echo. Rosie said, I thought he was going to kill me that night. I had bruises for months afterwards. The taxi ride lasted only around 10 minutes, but it felt like forever. My mind was racing with possibilities. I thought about throwing myself onto the road or screaming out of the window for help. When Daniel got out, I remained in the taxi and without moving my face at all, I said to the driver, just drive, just go now. As he drove off, Daniel was grabbing the door, trying to get back in. I only just got away. I want every woman out there to see his face and know what he's capable of. The couple met seven and a half years ago in Warrington. Rosie said, I was pregnant and had split with the baby's father. Daniel was eight years older and seemed to offer friendship and security. He paid me lots of compliments. He was lovely, very jokey and confident. When the baby came, he was really supportive and loving. The couple moved in together and the following year they had a child together. But during the pregnancy, Daniel changed. Rosie said, I was three months pregnant when he grabbed my hair in an argument. She was determined to make their relationship work for the sake of their two children. But Daniel became increasingly controlling and violent. She said, when we went out, I had to have my eyes down at the prom so I wouldn't look at other men. When I was home, I had to hand him my phone and keys. He alienated me from all my friends and family. In 2020, Rosie ended the relationship. Two years on, he made contact, asking to see the children. She said she felt torn. She didn't want to deprive the children of their father. But she was wary of Daniel. Daniel insisted he had changed, telling her he had a job and he had calmed down. She says, I agreed to days out with the children and it went well at first. But she noticed he was again becoming increasingly possessive and controlling and decided to take a step back. She said, I told him he could see the children, but someone else will be present to supervise and not me. Nell did not take the news very well and he spiraled over a period of days, eventually ending up under arrest for attacking a stranger when he was released in December last year. He went immediately to where Rosie and the children were leaving. She said, I was walking about 11.30pm by loud banging. I went down to open the door and he barged in from the garden. He was telling me it was all my fault that I had taken away his family and I would have to pay for it. I knew the attack was coming. His eyes were completely dead. I had no way of getting through to him. He pinned her to the fridge, grabbed her throat, punched and kicked her and slapped her repeatedly. 
picked up a bottle of hair conditioner and tipped it all over her head, into her eyes, and laughed. She felt so frightened she wet herself and thought he was going to kill her. That was when he called a taxi and shoved her into the taxi and sat there with her. He seemed to have forgotten something when we moved some couple of minutes. He came out of the car. That was when I yelled at the driver who put his foot down and went off. I couldn't believe it was over. He took me to the police station and I got help. Daniel Little was arrested shortly afterwards. He had had a lengthy record of 17 previous convictions for 34 offences, including one for domestic violence. The recorder, Michael Bakley, described the attack as a prolonged and persistent assault. He said, there is serious psychological harm. You humiliated that lady. He was sentenced to three years and seven months in prison, of which he will serve half of before being released on license. What are your thoughts? Kindly leave your comments. Thank you. Mirror News, 9th of May, 2023. Eight-year-old dies after stepdad made him sit on stove in horror abuse case. Kamilek, eight, who has not been fully named due to Polish privacy laws, suffered such serious burns after his cruel stepfather made him sit on a hot stove that he had to be hospitalized and put in a coma. Story by Ryan Fahey for Mirror News. The little boy abused so badly by his stepfather was left in a coma and had tragically died 35 days after being rescued. Boy from Czestochowa in Poland whose ordeal has gripped the country after it was revealed to local child services. Police found the youngsters covered in such serious injuries that he had to be immediately airlifted to hospital. Bawid B, the 27-year-old husband of Camille's mom, is accused of torturing the young lad by pouring hot water over him and forcing him to sit on a hot stove. He was left with deep burns across his head, chest and limbs, says report. His body also showed signs of earlier trauma, including bruises that suggested he was beaten and kicked and even had cigarette marks sheared into his skin. Doctors also discovered he had numbers of broken limbs. Camille's mother, Magdalena B., whose last name has been withheld in line with Polish privacy law, has now been charged with exposing her child to danger and of helping her husband abuse him. Prosecutors have argued that she had a special duty to look after her child and to protect him from her husband, local media reported. It was confirmed by the Children's Health Centre in Katowice that the young lad passed away from multiple organ failure on Monday morning. His biological father was by his bedside most of the time. He asked everyone to pray for a miracle for Camille. The father said that a priest had visited his little boy in the days leading up to his death to perform the last rites. What are your thoughts about this? Kindly leave your comments. Thank you. This has been Grace Opa for Raza, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. See you on our next show. And 
Be safe and be positive. Bye for now. You can leave your comments on our social media handles or our email address, risingaboutshadowsofabuse at gmail.com. Take care.